you don't even have to take credit for taking that. <laughs> Look at that. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! <laughs> This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Welcome back to Studio B. We are live with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. I'm going to call you Bebo's handler next time you go to Austin. Dude, that, no way. Like, what's the <laughs> Buffalo's name for Colorado? I would not want a piece of that either. Ralphie. Ralphie. Dude, no way. Like, listen, I want a job where if I mess up, no one gets hurt. Yes. I don't want to be a surgeon or a, a pilot of an airplane <laughs> or Bebo or Ralphie's handlers. It's a fair point. No way. It's a fair if point. If I mess up here, no one gets hurt. Oh, great stuff. And great stuff forthcoming with Matt Brown, who is the publisher of Extra Points, longtime friend of the program, a college sports insider. And he has very unique takes. Discussed on this uh, interview with Jerem Jordan include things like, where does BYU fit into potentially having, I don't know, a team like UConn join the Big 12? And how does the Pac-12 media rights deal shaping up to potential Big 12 expansion? And as promised, an EA Sports question for those college football fans that want that video game back. This is Matt Brown, one-on-one with Jerem Jordan. All right, Matt, there's a lot of news to discuss, so let's discuss the most important piece first, which is the new EA Sports college football game that's going to return with name, image, and likeness. You've been all over this. You've been the main guy on this. What's the latest with that video game? Because I will be buying this next year. I think you and just about everybody under 50 who listens to this broadcast (laughs) and almost everybody else throughout the country, it's going to be an extremely anticipated title. And and it is, it is good news. The, you know, last week, EA uh, communicated to ESPN and a few of their other partners here that One Team Partners is going to be the entity that's facilitating the group license program. And what that means in English is that this is the company that's going to help distribute the agreement to get athletes paid to use their actual name and likeness to appear in the video game. You know, if you played it over the last decade, uh, you'll know that uh, when you picked up the game, it would say QB3, and it would have a randomized individual rather than the people actually on the team. Uh, according to the individuals that I've spoken to that were a part of that bidding process and have been talking to EA, we're not looking at big money. We're looking at $500, $600, $700-ish per athlete appearing in the game. But there's going to be over 10,000 athletes in this game if everybody actually signs up to be a part of it. Uh, And I get the feeling here from my conversations with current athletes, they'll be more than happy to take that money. As long as they throw in a free copy of the game, they're going to be excited. And that's going to make an even more authentic experience for everybody when they play this thing next summer. It'll be so fun. I still have a PlayStation 3 with 2014, which is the latest edition, and still download the rosters that someone painstakingly makes throughout the summer. But with the transfer portal, it's got to be even crazier right now. So I imagine, like most EA Sports games, that they'll provide some kind of update in August where you can get the latest rosters because now the transfer portal has, has changed the game in that way. You're you're right. Uh, I think people forget about this because the last game, right, in 2014, that was before I was two video game consoles ago, and that was before we were constantly online for any you know console experience. And so a roster update every two or three weeks, which is what happens with Madden and FIFA and 
the NBA 2K series. Like that's that's going to be a part of this. There, there's even some potential financial reasons that where that might be important because there's typically an ultimate team mode and there are mechanisms to maybe pay athletes or schools more money for things that happen in ultimate team or happen with DLC, a different kind of, uh, of, of royalty agreements. But yeah, I, I would, I would expect in many ways, a very different experience from people that are still keeping their old video game systems. And you can't see this here in my office. I still have an Xbox 360 with the old game on there too. Guy. Uh, when I boot the thing up, it sounds like a plane is taking off. Like it's, <laughs> it, it might not make it until next summer. They're not built for this. Uh, and I know I'm not the only reporter that has a similar setup where they are. Is that the lawnmower? No, that's the Xbox 360. Matt has fired it up in his basement. Just everyone calm down. Okay, there's a lot going on with expansion talk and realignment and Pac-12 contracts and UConn and San Diego State and whatnot. What are you seeing and what are you thinking about what's going on right now this summer? Yeah, it's a difficult thing to track, even if this is like literally your beat, like like it is for me, where I don't even really write about a whole lot of what's happening on the field and spend so much of my time as a reporter talking to the lawyers and the media consultants and the third party groups that help broker these kind of agreements, trying to track what's actually happening versus what is uh, an interested party trying to negotiate through the media in public is is very difficult. So you're going to you're going to see and you hear a lot of things we have here for a while. I think if I was a BYU fan, one thing I would just want to become comfortable with as a new member here of the Big 12 is that you have conference leadership that is willing to try almost anything to increase their revenue, to increase their marketability and their exposure, not just throughout the country, outside of the footprint in places like New York and Los Angeles, but potentially Mexico City, potentially Monterey, potentially globally. So that means you're just going to you're going to hear a lot. And some of those ideas aren't going to come to fruition. Some of those will and they won't be as successful. And some of them will and they will be very successful. And if you're used to a more staid, conservative, traditional conference leadership that maybe BYU has enjoyed in other leagues and and that's OK, that's not what the Big 12 is right now. I would be pretty surprised if the Big 12 ends up actually taking UConn. And part of that is because I'm I would, I'm pretty skeptical based on what I've heard as a reporter right now that UConn would even accept that. But there's a lot of things that may end up happening that if you had asked fans or asked a lot of reporters a year and a half ago if that was, if that was reasonable or possible with the Big 12, the answer would be no. And so I can see that is something that could be very exciting and, and maybe a little frustrating, but mostly exciting, I think, for fans in this market over the coming months. When BYU uh, entered the Big 12, which officially they'll join in July 1st, but uh, in uh, you know September of 2021, we did not anticipate the Pac-12 versus Big 12 sort of rivalry that sort of spawned from BYU to and whatnot. But any Pac-12 TV contract news or lack thereof is a Big 12 and BYU news, which is super interesting. We did not see this. What's your anticipation yeah. of sort of what could or or maybe won't happen relative to expansion or teams leaving the Pac-12 or San Diego State, who reportedly would owe 17 mil by July 1st if they leave, but that goes up to 51 mil if they don't leave by July 1st. What's your sense of uh, what could or may not happen there? Yeah, what, I mean, if you're looking at the full spectrum of what could and could not happen, I mean, the whole thing's on Twitter right now, right? You have a, a whole <laughs> like group of experts, some of whom have expertise, so, some of them definitely don't. It, and it's funny because I think the BYU-Utah dynamic is actually one of the reasons that this rivalry has really kind of blown up on social media uh, and, and a sense of tribalism around the Big 12, which absolutely did not exist like two years ago. Now now that's a thing. 
what what I can what I can share based on what individuals with direct information have have told me over the last couple of months is that schools that are currently in the Pac-12 would prefer to stay in the Pac-12. Uh, all, all things being equal, they value the academic prestige. They value being able to be to to, to count some of these other institutions as their peers, and they value a, a deep presence in California, not just to recruit athletes, but to recruit potential students. If the money and the access between the Pac-12 and the Big 12 became so enormous, or the exposure became so enormous that they would be breaking their fiduciary responsibility to to leave. Then yes, then you could see a, a couple of a couple of schools potentially leave, but but that's not where we are, and that's not where we've been for several months, which is why Utah and the Arizonas and Colorado are still in this league. As best as I've been told, the Pac-12 is talking to a lot of people, uh, and not very many entities have completely said we're out. They're still talking to ESPN. They've talked to multiple streaming partners. They've had some kind of they've had some conversations with smaller linear channels here. When this actually happens, is a, is a guess as good as your guess is as good as mine because what we've heard from the presidents and what we've heard from some of the, the industry folks has, uh, has have been deadlines and expectations that that have been blown through. It is I will say it is very unusual for this process to be as noisy as it's been. Television contract negotiations for major conferences are really complicated. You know, just ask the Big Ten, who just as administrators are finding out that that deal they signed with Fox and CBS and NBC uh, maybe uh, last summer isn't the deal that they have right now. But you don't typically hear as much leak out into the media. And there are there are, there are some reasons for that. I understand why fans are frustrated. It will probably be resolved this summer. It's super interesting because, yes, it feels, um, you know, when, when everyone says, yeah, we're good, it feels like, well, we assumed you were good. Why'd you have to tell us? It's an interesting sort of PR campaign there. Did want to finish with this. Yeah. The transfer portal certainly has affected everybody in college football. BYU has signed something like 18 or 19 guys post uh, last season, which is the most uh, in the transfer portal era. In fact, it's all the other years combined. I wonder if the traditional high school athlete is going to be valued less uh, everywhere for transfer portal guys, but especially at BYU where sometimes when that, those kids go on missions, you have a unique perspective, not a BYU guy per se, but a member of the church, where you understand the dynamic here. BYU is trying to compete and compete right now. I wonder how many of those kids are going to be at BYU versus the past given the transfer portal where BYU can't afford to wait five years for them to be ready and a transfer portal guy, in theory, is ready right away. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think BYU is a really fascinating market for, for how they're going to view high school talent moving forward. This is a concern I've heard from coaches and ADs and high school coaches in multiple sports for, for a while. And, and, and I think in, in some markets, particularly the Intermountain West, that are not as heavily scouted as, say, Dallas or South Florida or the Great Lakes. They don't have as many major camps. It's more expensive to get evaluators and other people out there to go looking. Then it would be easier for maybe a good high school player to be overlooked. And as somebody that, you know, 10 years ago might have gone to Utah State, might end up in the big sky or at a JUCO. Somebody who out of high school might have gone to BYU 10 years ago might end up at Utah State. It's really important. It's always been important. But I think it's especially important now for BYU heading into the Big 12 in multiple sports, to substantially upgrade the the, the median athletes talent-wise in, or, in order to compete. 
this is not a league where you're you're, you're going to be competing against an Ohio State or an Alabama, you know, every single week where they have 55 star guys. But it is a league where the depth of high three star, you know, low four star talent is much stronger than it's been for the, the back end of BYU schedules here for a while. And as players get hurt, it isn't so much. Can your top 22, you know, compete with Oregon State and TCU and Baylor? It's the guys that are on the on the two deep or farther below who need to start playing important snaps in October and in November. And for a lot of reasons, it's going to be difficult for BYU to sign a lot of four-star guys out of high school. It's going to be difficult in an NIL era where they're playing a different game than maybe some of the schools they're recruiting. And when players are uh, have a couple of years of college experience under their belt, they become a little bit more mature. They have a better idea about what's really important to them. They may become more attractive transfer candidates. I think it's going to be easier for BYU to get guys with higher level physical measurables through the portal than it might be out of high school, particularly if they're chasing athletes who are outside of Utah, maybe outside the, the Book of Mormon belt. But I can definitely understand that if you're an under-the-radar high school player that's whose dream school is BYU, the bar is going to be a little bit higher for you. And I think that in order to, to get there, and I think that's going to be true for Boise State. I think that's going to be true for some schools in the Mountain West. I think it's going to be true for major programs that are not in gigantic metropolitan areas that produce 45 blue-chip kids a season. Is the Book of Mormon belt I-15 and I-80? What are we talking about specifically? You know, I've heard this called the Jello Belt. I've heard this (laughs) called a couple of different things. I look at it like southern Idaho down through Utah into like Mesa and some of these Phoenix suburbs, a couple of the Vegas suburbs, maybe part of L.A., right? Like that's 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 where most of our people live. And that's where most of the elite high school athletes who happen uh, to know what EFY is uh, tend to live. There's not not as many of them here in my neck of the woods in Chicago. I think they've even changed that to something else now, right? What is oh, it? SFY well. or something? Uh, it's all over the. What is well, it? That just goes, that just goes SF- to show. I'm holding out of touch. My bad. F S Y. I don't see. I don't even know what it is. Um, and uh, randomly, Laie, uh, Hawaii. Uh, Matt, we appreciate the oh, time. Yeah, them too. Great insight as always, and uh, we encourage people to check you uh, check your extra points newsletter out. How do they uh, subscribe? You bet. You can find Extra Points at www.extrapointsmb.com or on Twitter at MattBrownEP. It's a newsletter that covers business, political, uh, and policy issues within college athletics. It's read by athletic administrations and students all over the state and throughout the country. And if it's interesting to them, it may be interesting to you too. Matt, thanks for the time, man. It's always my pleasure. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Make sure you follow BYU Sports Nation on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's get to today's headlines as we welcome you back to Studio B. BYU football signs two more transfers. Receiver Keelan Marion from UConn and cornerback Camden Garrett from Weber State. Marion led the Huskies in receiving in 2021 before breaking his collarbone or clavicle in 2022. I didn't know clavicle was collarbone in fifth grade. I broke it. Someone goes, oh, you broke your collarbone? I go, no, my clavicle. You'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Uh, He has two years of eligibility. Garrett has one year after 37 games played for Jay Hale and Ogden at Weber State where he didn't allow a completion of 30-plus the last two seasons. Wow, BYU baseball has wrapped up their 2023 season with a weekend set of games against Pepperdine. The Cougars won big on Friday night, 17-9, but lost Saturday, 19-6. That's kind of a microcosm of the entire season for the Batcats. BYU will not make the West Coast Conference Tournament. They finished their season with a 24-28 overall record. More baseball news. 
specifically from Austin Deming, who wins the WCC Triple Crown, an incredible season. Boom, baby. And Deming was also named a Dick Hauser Trophy semifinalist. He had an in-the-park home run <laughs> over the weekend as well. Amazing. Right there. Did Austin not just slide? Austin softball, Deming. He's so good. Softball made it to the NISC Championship, essentially the NIT of softball. Had a three-run lead in the seventh oh. before losing to Iowa 9-7 in the title game. Bummer there. Cougars went 35-17 and 17 overall this season. NFL official team activities or OTAs begin today for 20 teams, including Zach Wilson with the Jets, Fred Warner with the 49ers, Jaron Hall with the Vikings, and Puka Nakua with the Rams. And how about some Cougars in the USFL? Troy Warner led the Memphis Showboats with 11 tackles. He had a pick and a 22-0 win over the Pittsburgh Maulers. Kai Nakua, three tackles, tackle for loss, pass breakup, fumble recovery for his new team, the Michigan Panthers, and a loss to Birmingham. And Diane Lake. Six tackles and a pass breakup for the Houston Gamblers and a 16-10 win over the New Jersey Generals. All defensive stars, and at BYU, they were all defensive backs, Jerem. How about that? Cougars hooping overseas. Elijah Bryant had 12.7 boards, five assists for Anadolu Efes in Turkey in a 94-71 win. And then Zach Selyus had 18 points, 10 boards for Tigers. Tubingen as they beat PSK Lions. Huge rivalry, as you know. 83-70 <laughs> to take a 2-0 series lead in the German Pro-A playoff semifinal. Down with PSK. Cougars in pro baseball, featuring Michael Rucker of the Chicago Cubs. Two and a third innings pitched, allowed two runs, two strikeouts, and a loss to the Phillies. Daniel Schneeman continues to swing a red-hot bat. 13 hits in his last four, or third, so he's hit safely in 13 of his last 14 games. And Jackson Clough had two hits over the weekend for the Harrisburg Senators. Those are today's headlines. Now, we whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. It's time to opinionate, Jerem. ESPN's Bill Connolly made a list of the 75 best college quarterbacks since 2000. Zach Wilson was the only Cougar who made the list, number 63. Connolly called Wilson the best BYU quarterback since Steve Sarkeesian. Wow. Do you agree? No, I don't. I think Zach Wilson was the most heralded because he's the highest draft pick that BYU has ever had. And he took full advantage of a very unique 2020 COVID season. An incredible talent. But if we're talking like what you did at BYU, how do you overlook Max Hall and John Beck? And even I mean, Taysom Hill even to Taysom Hill almost put up 10,000 yards of total offense. John Beck was the second round pick. He was awesome. Yeah, he Max trained Hall. Zach Wilson. Max Hall is the winningest quarterback in BYU history. Zach uh, crushed the uh, single season efficiency record. All three of those guys should be on the list. I feel like all three of those guys meaning John Beck, Max Hall, and Taysom Hill, given Zach Wilson's scenario with that COVID schedule, would also have been off the charts amazing. Totally. Totally. Over the weekend, PGA Club Pro Michael Block. This was so cool. This is an amazing story. Love this. Not only made the cut of the PGA Championship, but finished top 15, so he gets an invite back next year to Valhalla. Hey, had an ace that he dunked on number 15. Like, it just went right into just the cup. <laughs> So who is the Michael Block equivalent of BYU Athletics? Sebastian Fernandez. Yes. BYU track and field last year off the team, not on the team at all, makes the team, sets the 800 record at the Robinson <laughs> Invitational on BYU's track. Second team All-American out of nowhere. Maybe Jake Oldroyd is the other one. Off the block. The green cleats. Shows up. Who is this guy? Wins game the game. Kick and Kalani's his first yes. game. That was awesome, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, Coy Johnson, creative video photographer for BYU Athletics, does great work. Shot this beautiful video of Jacob Wilkes' home run on Friday night. 
Does this give you Sandlot vibes? A little bit. We, the fireworks? we just needed fireworks in the background, right? Yeah. Now, that's the only thing that could have made this shot better, but this is amazing from Koi. I mean, just the- Oh, we don't have the video. You gotta, you gotta go uh, to BYU Baseball. We both tweeted about it. Yep. BYU Baseball did yep. it. The majesty of the shot with the mountains in the background, it's dusk, it's a home run, no less, for BYU. How many takes? And the movement of the camera, yep. so smooth, yep. like, the slider looked nice. I watched it probably 30 times. Just to boost the numbers? <laughs> well, maybe. Nice. But I just was like, this is such a beautiful shot. It's beautiful. Nice job. Nice Coming job. up, uh, we've got our own tea time. Speaking of golf, you know. With, oh, uh, I got excited for a second. Mr. Block on the mind. See what you did there. It's a tea time for an interview with Carson Lundell and Zach Jones of BYU hey. Men's Golf. They're on to the national championship round. We're talking about golf. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Next on BYU Sports Nation, with Puka Nakua gone to the National Football League, does BYU football have a clear-cut number one wide receiver heading into their first Big 12 season? And do they even need one? Considering the variety of weapons Keaton Slovis has to choose from, it's all up for discussion right now on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today is Tuesday, May 23rd. Wow. We're already towards the end of May. June's but coming. June we is coming. That's right. My name is Jason Shepard alongside a guy who just can't get to his new Minnesota Vikings jersey fast enough. He is Dave McCann. Have you ordered that thing yet on NFL.com? No, but two years ago, I went searching and found a Jets shirt. I know. And so I'm, you know, now that the pictures are out of Jaron Hall and he looks good in a Vikings uniform. I, I'm not a Viking kind of guy. It looks but very good on him, yes. I, I'm going to have to get a Vikings to represent the, the Halls, absolutely. So now you mentioned that when, when Zach went to the Jets, you got the, the, the Jets t-shirt. So do you not have an NFL? Do you just kind of follow the, like certain players? Do I'm you have an NFL team? I, I, but we, do you have an NFL team? We grew up cheering for the Cowboys. Okay. Because Roger Staubach sat with my parents on a flight. <laughs> uh, and then next thing you know, we had footballs and autographs coming to me and my two older brothers at the house. Wow. We were all in. Do you still have that, by the way? No. But we were all in. Uh, eventually, we took the football out to the side yard. We, we just couldn't resist. <laughs> Look, it's a football. It's yeah. made to be thrown, yeah, we right? We loved it. As kids, uh, Roger Staubach wanted us to wear that football. Yeah. Out. But that's what brought us to the Cowboys. Now it's whoever's on my fantasy team. There you Things go. Things have changed. Yeah, it's the, whole, the whole dynamic has I'm shifted. I'm not a memorabilia guy. It's, I have a Jets t-shirt. I don't, I don't think I have anything else. I got a lot of this stuff. Uh, but do you collect stuff? If you got, hey, I need not, a Steelers jersey. Not, no, 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 no. When it comes to when it comes to stuff like that, I'm I stick 100% with my own teams. I don't own stuff from other teams. I have some Cub shirts. I'll give you. Nah, you can give them to you me. You could use them. I, I need those to you know clean up dust, some things <laughs> like that around the house. So what I'm saying, there are a lot of people. Obviously, it's a billion dollar business. Yes. It's uh, I gotta have the hat. I gotta have the shirt. I have the socks and this and that. But. And I have to have an autograph. Yeah. I've just never been that way. But uh, but for the teams I like, like the two, yeah. 
the Cubs and, and, and the Cougars, I got, I got plenty of that stuff. Well, hey, and the good news is there's going to be, look, there's going to be a lot of uh, number 16 Minnesota Vikings fans walking around uh, Provo uh, in the very near future once those jerseys are available Absolutely. to purchase. What's on today's show? We got a lot going on. Austin Deming, he's the Triple Crown winner in the WCC. He's going to be sitting right over there, right next to Cole Gamble, hit a home run in his last at bat at BYU. Two of the great baseball Cougars to come through. We're going to break down the top five transfers in BYU football history. Who do you think should be number three? Yeah, no one really thinks about that. <laughs> we all think about number one. It's very random. Think about that. Who do you think should be number three? We're going to have that coming up a bit later. And we have live golf, not live golf. We have live golf with Spencer and Jerem. They're at the annual BYU Corporate Sponsorship Golf Tournament. So we'll check in with those guys as well. It's a loaded Tuesday. Loaded indeed. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguardswithaz.com. Talking BYU receivers, and the BYU receiver room is getting more and more crowded, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, The Cougar offense has options at wide receiver. You have guys like Cody Epps, Keanu Hill, and Chase Roberts returning from last year's squad, as well as transfer additions in Keelan Marion and Darius Lassiter. So Dave, with so many options at wide receiver, does Keaton Slovis need an established go-to guy for the offense to be successful? Do they have to have a wide receiver number one? I love this topic. Every quarterback seems to find a guy. In the NFL, they all seem to have a guy that's going to bail them out. Last year, we throw Puka Nakua in there as the number one guy, even though he wasn't the number one guy in every game. But toward the end, it certainly went healthy uh, when they needed the touchdown against Boise State. I'm just going to chuck it up to Puka. That was just going to happen. Um, but, but last year it was unique, especially with some of the guys coming back. Um, the go-to guy against Baylor was Chase Roberts. The go-to guy against Notre Dame was Cody Epps. Keanu Hill was the go-to guy against Wyoming, South Florida, uh, uh, Utah Tech. You know, we had three touchdowns in the third, second quarter. So everyone's had their moments. So I don't know if there was just the one guy, largely because of Puka's health. But with this group coming back... Keanu Hill's an attractive target. Yeah. Robert's an attractive target. Uh, Cody Epps, we know what he can do. And then these new com- newcomers with Roberts, and, or with Lassiter and Marion, and then you got Parker Kingston, Dom Henry, and, and some of the others. Who of that group would you say, please be the number one? Yeah, look, there's, that's hard to answer right now because I think so many of them could be the number one option. I mean, we still are learning about the guys that are coming in via the transfer portal. We certainly know a lot more about Epps and Hill and Roberts just because we've seen more of them. Look, I, I, I think Cody Epps, from what we've seen, has the potential to be a number one guy. I think Chase Roberts can also do that. And, and look, I realize I'm, I'm going through all of them, but I, I think that's why... Normally you hear this with quarterbacks where like if you have two, you have none. I don't think that's the case here with the receivers where you have so many, if you don't have a dominant go-to clear-cut number one wide receiver that you don't have any. I I think it's actually just the opposite. And I think with this position, with what BYU has done, and I didn't even really look at it as a problem that needed to be fixed. I was actually quite happy with what was coming back before any of the transfers even became part of the equation. 
but I feel like BYU is like, look, let's throw a bunch of numbers at this. There may be somebody that gravitates towards the top and becomes that guy because there always is. But I don't know if you go in saying, okay, well, you're going to be the number one option and then you're going to be number two. I don't think you need to have that with this option. And we haven't even touched on the fact that we haven't even talked about the tight ends, which I expect to have a significantly larger role. I, I, I don't look at the fact that maybe BYU doesn't have a number one option as a bad thing. I think there's a lot of guys to your point, it was what you were talking about last year. You could have a game where Cody Epps just absolutely kills it. And then the next game, it's Lassiter. And then Chase Roberts comes in and really is just kind of clicking. I think that's what you can have. And then if one of those guys turns out to be a dominant go-to receiver, great. But I just don't know if you need to have that with this offense. If there is one, if I had to choose one, I would choose Isaac Rex. To be Keaton Slovis' number one target, his bailout guy, his go-to guy. Because if he is, that means big things are available for the receivers downfield. I look at how Dennis Pitta worked with Max Hall. What did that mean for Austin Colley? They put Austin Colley in the NFL. Yeah. Because everyone's like, oh, he's going to go to Dennis. You know what? He did go to Dennis. Uh, there's Johnny Harleen. There's Clay Brown. There's Gordon Hudson. Whenever BYU's had a dominant tight end, everybody prospers. Um, and so going into this season, and, and Slovis and, and, and Isaac spent a lot of time together working out down in Southern California at Isaac's house, um, I like this bond. And that bond hasn't been over the middle of the field the last couple of years. Uh, Isaac Rex has 21 touchdowns in his career. If he gets back to those rookie numbers, to where he was the target, he was Zach Wilson's bailout guy. And what did that mean for everybody else? They're wide open because everyone's worried about the big guy over the middle. If they can restore that, and that's Keaton Slovis' number one guy, everybody wins. If it's Cody Epps, then put two guys on Cody Epps and take him out. Right. Um, You know, it's great to have options, but I love the 6'6 tight end. Let him be the number one target. Yeah, I I expect a significant increase in his, first of all, his looks, but second of all, his receptions and his touchdowns. I, I think we're going to get back to what we saw as, as a freshman right. where he was absolutely dominant in his freshman season. Now you know what else we saw when he was a freshman? 10-1. and one. <laughs> That's true. I'll also take that. <laughs> I'll take that as well. It was an 11-1. It was something in one. Yeah. It was, he was, the offense just clicked because there was a big go-to guy. Well, and look, and he, he's a full year now removed from being from being hurt he's a he played last year he was not 100 percent all year long the fact that he was able to do what he did that soon after a pretty significant leg injury was pretty impressive so to get him back healthier and now i i think the offense will dictate more looks his way i think keaton slovis from what we've seen just in his um, arsenal before he I think he's probably going to use the tight end a little bit more than maybe what we saw from Jaron Hall last year but I I, I just look a quarterback you got to have a guy that's your quarterback you got to have a number one quarterback I think f- to a large degree you need to have a go-to running back now you can certainly do that by committee we've seen BYU do that a lot but I, I do at the end of the day still think you need a go-to running back yeah. committees aren't great no but For a receiver, when you've got this much talent, I just don't know if it is imperative. You have to have one guy that you know game in and game out is the one that's going to get all the looks. I I just don't know, especially with the guys. Look, and let's let's bring this up. This is our stat of the day. Let's get to this because I think this is pretty interesting. Our stat of the day here about the BYU receivers. 
the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU returns four players who had at least 20 receptions, 300 yards, and three touchdowns last season. And that's the first time that BYU has had that coming back since the 2008 season. So the guys that we're talking about, so the guys that are coming back this year from last year that had that. So again, at least 20 catches, 300 yards, and three touchdowns. You're talking about Keanu Hill, who had 36 catches, 572, and seven touchdowns. Cody Epps, 39 catches, four, almost 460 with six touchdowns. Isaac Rex, 22 for 320 and six. And Chase Roberts, 22 for 357 and three touchdowns. That's pretty impressive because you're comparing that to the last time it happened when the guys were some guys you just mentioned. Yeah. Dennis Pitta, Austin Colley, Harvey Unga, and Michael Reed. That's not bad. Who was the number one benefactor the last time the tight end was the go-to guy? It was Austin Colley. Well, no, I mean recently. Oh. It was Dax Mill. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Where's Dax Mill? In the NFL, In the NFL. with the Commanders. Uh, and, and, and Dax Mill was huge downfield because Isaac Rex was big over the middle. I'm sticking with that one. Get Rex. Make him the go-to guy. and Everyone wins. Yeah. Uh, as they did back in 2008. And, uh, and we'll see. Yeah. And it's nice to have the options that they have. Do they need a number one? Probably not. Would they be better with a number one? If the tight end's the number one at BYU, it always seems to be yes. And you look, by the end of the year, there will probably be somebody that emerges that we look back and say, okay, well, we went in thinking you maybe don't need one. But as it, as it turned out, this is the player that ultimately became that guy. It will, yeah. it will work itself out. All right, you've heard from us. Now let's hear from you. Our question of the day is this. Does BYU need a clear-cut number one wide receiver to be successful this season? If so, who will it be? First response coming in via Twitter from Steven says, My money is on Keanu Hill. He's had a huge impact the last two seasons. I feel like it's time, it's his time to shine as wide receiver number one. I also expect to see a lot of Cody Epps and Isaac Rex. Those round out my expected top three. That's a good choice. Keanu's, uh, Keanu has a big 12 body heading into the Big 12. This is a great opportunity. Absolutely. Also on Twitter, this one in from BYU Coog, 100,000. It's a very specific number to put in your Twitter handle. Uh, I don't think so. I think if you have reliable targets day in and day out, Keaton can find them and sling it to any of them. And I think that kind of goes to what we were talking about. I, I think that's the, the mentality you have, because I think you have multiple options who could be the number one. But when you have the collective which is as talented as it is, I think all these guys are going to have opportunities to shine in just about every game this year. That's why Keaton's always so happy, I think, when we see him. <laughs> Wouldn't you be happy with the offense? To. And then that offensive line is, is there to protect him. There's, there's reason for optimism going into a very challenging schedule yep. with these guys in the receiver core and at the tie in spot. All right, continue to weigh in. Don't forget, use hashtag BYUSN and chime in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Speaking about that 2020 season, join us Friday for a BYU Sports Nation special. We look back at the 2020 Cougar football team, how they overcame a pandemic to deliver a memorable season. All fans are invited to watch. Remember, we hardly had any fans that season. So <laughs> right. we're able to get in. We invite everybody. Watch at noon Eastern Friday on BYU TV and BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. 
Alongside Dave McCann, I'm Jason Shepard. Our question of the day revolving around a wound uh, mowage. Yes, uh, for all of you that know, if you know, you know. know. Uh, Yes, the BYU receiving core that uh, will take the field for the Cougars this year. Does BYU need a clear-cut number one wide receiver to be successful this season? If so... Who will it be? Uh, On Instagram, Caleb McKay says, I think Cody Epps will lead the group, but no, you don't need a number one. It's better if the defense doesn't know who you're going to in clutch situations. Okay, Eric Evanson on Twitter, Keanu Hill could be that guy. He was the healthiest of the three that are coming back. Being on the field helps you be the number one guy. That's true. He's more than capable of of doing that, especially at 6'4". He's got a body that can take a bunch of hits and, and keep going. Uh, I, I think uh, he'd certainly be a target. Our elite voice of the day is presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated, and it comes from Christopher Ward on Facebook. Uh, Christopher says, no, it looks like we need five clear-cut receivers to all show up each week to do what we want in the Big 12. So he thinks that you're going to need everybody playing at the, being number one receivers in the Big 12. He says, Hill is a young superstar who will be getting his time to shine. Epps is very solid, and Roberts showed up and made huge plays when his number was called. Look, I... I, I don't look at the fact that you have a lot and thinking that you don't have anybody. I think you've got a lot of guys that could potentially be a number one, and I think that's good for BYU. Every quarterback gravitates toward a number one. We'll see who it's true. It is. All right, let's head back out our second time out to Cedar Hills a Golf Course. BYU's corporate sponsorship, Golf Scramble, is underway. You heard from Spencer Linton in our last segment. Now joining us out on the course is Jerem Jordan. All right, where are you at, Jerem? What, uh, what hole are you on now at Cedar Hills? What are we on, guys? Not seven? We're on hole seven. We started on 16. I believe we we're five under through nine or ten. I'm with the doTERRA guys. We're having a great time. Hey, what up? Hey, doTERRA, pursue what's pure. <laughs> we just, met, we okay. just met the Ken Garf guys. Are the doTERRA guys better than the Ken Garf guys, Jerem? Listen, oh, I definitely... Yes, you heard it from these guys. Absolutely. Listen. Smell better. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so we put our, uh, you know, shot out of the tee box... Uh, you know, off. We're, we're in the rough here. We need a good shot here. We have a couple on the green already. So if we can't get something better for me right here, obviously we're good. So no pressure on me, but but here we go. Let's see what I can uh, do. Right. No, no pressure, Jeremy. We just watched the PGA Championship, yeah. so four days of the world's best. So there's no pressure on, on what we're about to see. Okay. All right. This is Jerem Jordan in the rough. Uh-oh. Uh, we've joined Make the sh- it up the hill. We've joined... Make- Hey, the video froze, so we joined the shot midway, so you don't even have to take credit for taking that shot. Look at that. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! (laughs) There we go. That's a beautiful finish. What matter? You know, we cut away. We're back. and uh, Crazy technology. You're golfing with with, uh, a lot of the folks that help make BYU function as far as uh, the corporate sponsors, and that's a vital part of the athletic department. Big time, big time to have uh, doTERRA and Ken Garf and everybody involved in BYU Athletics. It's going to be a bigger deal in the Big 12, right? So everybody's uh, up in their game, which is awesome. All right, Jerem, we appreciate it. Uh, it looks like a gorgeous day out there. Enjoy the rest of the, uh, the scramble, and, uh, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, guys. There we go. Don't let that chip define your day out there. Yeah, when it froze, I'm like, at this point, he could say whatever happened. It's like, the beauty of technology. It is the beauty of technology <laughs> happening live. 
<laughs> things froze. We should have more live golf on this show. I think it's great. Yeah. We finally got the snow out of here. The baseball game we had Saturday in the finale, it was the first hot day. Yes, it was. It was upper 70s, but mm-hmm. it was the first time fans were like, man, it's hot. And it the was, whole season. It was the first three-game three game stretch at home where all the games were warm and above 70 degrees. Yeah. It took us the entire season to get to that point. Fireworks night, the Friday night was spectacular. And they had a big game. Deming hit two, three-run home runs. Yeah. And, of course, uh, the grand slam from Gamble. And those were guests earlier in the show. And what a, what, a, what a way to go out. They'd rather be in the conference tournament, which starts tomorrow in Vegas. But just... You know, they got to have pitching, fielding, and hitting. They had hitting, best yeah. offense in the league. The other two areas weren't as good. And so we had them on the show today instead of them being in Vegas. That's right. Great careers, though, at BYU. Let's get back to our question of the day. Does BYU need a clear-cut number one wide receiver to be successful this season? And if so, who will it be? Uh, on Twitter, 26 Simo. I hope I said that right. Uh, I think Chase Roberts has the tools to be the guy, like Eric Drage yeah. and Chuck Cutler were. Maybe not the fastest or most athletic, but catches everything thrown his way and knows how to get open. It won't take long to figure out who Slovis trusts to make the catch. I think Roberts is fast and he is athletic, and I agree with that. He could definitely be a number one. I was really impressed with what we saw from Chase Roberts last year. I thought he more than proved what his worth is to that receiving room, and I expect nothing more the, or nothing but but more of that this upcoming season. I agree. It, on, and I said this to begin, I didn't necessarily, even if you don't get the transfers that came in, I didn't look at this as a position group that was weak. I, I liked what BYU had coming back. It, somewhat unproven in terms of like the sheer number of targets, but I, I know the talent is there. I still go back to what we were talking about earlier. In BYU's history, when the tight end has been the focus the receivers yep. all prosper. And we could have five number twos. That's right. Isaac Rex can be the solid yeah. number one. And that's that's kind of what I'm looking for. Once, and it'll be revealed at Arkansas when it's power against power, where are our guys going? And when it's third and whatever and Slovis needs to find somebody, yep. who does he look to first? The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Uh, Before we get to our Top 5 Tuesday, let's head out to Cedar Hills Golf Course where our uh, very own Spencer Linton uh, has decided to golf today instead of coming into work. Although the good thing is this actually is work for him. He is uh, participating in the, uh, the BYU corporate sponsorship golf scramble. He and Jerem Jordan, we'll talk with Jerem coming up in a few minutes. Hi, Spencer. How are you? Things look beautiful out there today. Hello, gentlemen. So kind of you to hang out in Studio B so that I can be here at Cedar Hills Golf Course and hanging out with some amazing sponsors that help BYU athletics. In fact, I should probably introduce... My two friends that I uh, am lucky enough to play golf with today, they are representing Ken, the Ken Garp Automotive Group. They've been awesome to BYU Athletics. They are Nate Sato Hello. and Matt Jensen. Hey, guys. And, hey, guys. And uh, Nate and Matt, are car- they're carrying the group, you guys. <laughs> so I'll try and pick it up on the back end. We're five under par through nine holes, so feeling pretty good about where we are. If we get to 11 or 12 under, maybe we got a shot at finishing in the top five. We'll see. 
All right, we're going to have you tee it up here in a second, see what you got. Our question of the day okay. has been, does BYU need a clear-cut number one receiver to be successful here in the fall? And if so, who do you think it should be? Well, I'm just going to go to last year and point out the fact that while Puka Nakua was incredible for the first quarter and a half of that game against USF in Tampa, once he got injured and was out and Gunnar Romney was out, then it was kind of a collection of, you know, awesome from some young guys and Chase Roberts, who was amazing against Baylor. And then Cody Epps had some breakout performances, throwing some Keanu Hill, who was really good. And Dave, I know you've talked to his uncle, Roy Williams, and, and we're excited to watch, uh, you know, Keanu play in the Big 12 and get back in front of some of his family and he gets into Texas. But I so based on what I saw last year while they were waiting for Puka Nakua to get healthy and Gunnar Romney to try and get in. Hey, like, it's Cosmo. Hey, showed up. It's, it's Cosmo. Yeah, of course he shows up when the TV cameras are on, right? <laughs> this is what he this is what he does. Um, but to answer the question, you know, I don't feel like there has to be a clear cut number one because BYU proved that they could just kind of get it done with the core of receivers last year. And all of that core is back. And the three guys I referenced, Cody Epps, Keanu Hill, Chase Roberts, and you throw in a couple of, you know, key transfers uh, and Keelan Marion and Darius Lasseter. And I, I don't feel like there has to be a clear cut number one because they're all so different yeah. from each other. Um, if I had to pick a guy who I feel like has the highest ceiling, it's probably Cody Epps uh, and his ability to, to get open and his elite route running and his, you know, maneuverability and his suddenness and his quickness in the slot. So I probably lean towards Cody Epps right now. Um, but watch out for Keelan Marion. I, got, no. I think that guy is – he's the guy that can take the lid off of a defense, and, and he's averaging over 17 yards a catch at UConn. So I, I like him as a dark horse as well to maybe be the lead deep threat for BYU. All right. Uh, we're going to have you hand your phone off uh, to one of your teammates okay. here. And before we let you go, oh, we want to get, get the swing live <laughs> on BYU Sports Nation. So we make your way over to the Butler cabin, and uh, let's, oh, let's see what happens oh, here. Oh, boy. We want to oh, see who boy. the clear-cut okay. number one golfer is in this group right here with your swing. Well, I told you, it's Nate Sato. Like, it, it, it's Nate. <laughs> Nate's carrying the group. But I'll, I've, I've grabbed my weapon of choice here. Okay. And remember, and remember, nothing that happens on this show is archived. <laughs> Last year you put it right down the middle. I'm glad that you brought that up. There's no pressure. Last year you put it right down the middle. So we're going to see 12. It seems like 12 months later you should be better. So I'm curious to see where this one goes. Okay. Right. Okay, here we go. All right. All right. Okay, so Nate, Nate's going to take over the camera here. He might have to flip it around a little bit. Okay. All right. All right, so here we are live at uh, Cedar Hills Golf Course. Right, Dave, you give the play-by-play -play here. The BYU corporate sponsor, Golf Scramble. It looks like, I can't tell, let's call it a par four. It's a uh, par four. It, it's playing a 267 today, so a little short par four today. How's the wind? How, what's the wind going to do to Spencer's no, shot here? No wind. No, Absolutely ooh, no okay. wind. No excuses. All excuses are off the board. Okay, here we go. Don't rush it. He's, he's already on the clock for taking too long, but... Oh, that is oh, striped right. That's pretty. At it. That's a pretty. It's a pretty swing. It's looking good. It's fading nicely towards the center of the fairway. I'm two for two, guys. Hey, <laughs> you know what? Some people retire after being two for two, but we encourage you to play on. All right, Spencer. Great stuff. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your golf morning. Hey, great to see you guys. Appreciate your time.
Go Cougs, and uh, give some love to Ken Garf as well. There All we right. go. Spencer Linton from Cedar Hills Golf Course. We'll, we'll check in with Jerem uh, coming up a little bit later on. That's He's right. He's usually putting on this show. So we'll see. <laughs> uh, that was great camera work by the guys. It was, and good commentary as well. Nice All right, job. so we've teased it. It's time now for our Top 5 Tuesday. Top five all-time football transfers. Here we go. Number five was just in studio a couple of weeks ago. Harvey Lange, transferred from Utah, if you remember, over the three years at BYU, 137 tackles, 11 and a half for loss, five sacks, a couple of picks. He was a force. Signed as an undrafted free agent with the Patriots in 2017 on the Super Bowl roster when they took on the Eagles. And uh, you know what? He might be on another roster this fall. Harvey Longy, number five. Number four, James Dye, one of my favorites, transferred in from Utah State. He was the number one ranked punt returner in the nation back in 1995 with just under 22 yards per return. He had four punt return touchdowns and one kick return touchdown while at BYU. He also caught a 32-yard touchdown pass in the famous Cotton Bowl versus K-State. And you can't forget the catchphrase from the opposing teams. If you punt, you die, D-Y-E, at number four. Fantastic. So who's the middle child in this top five? <laughs> number three. How about Steve Sarkeesian? Transferred from El Camino College, the WAC Player of the Year in 96, second-team All-American. He threw for over 7,700 yards and 55 touchdowns in just two seasons at BYU. Won the Cotton Bowl. He's the head coach of the Texas Longhorns. He's going to roll out the welcome mat for BYU October 28th in Austin. I still maintain the most underrated quarterback in BYU history. Probably right. Number two, wide receiver Puka Nakua. He was the number one player from the state of Utah in 2019 out of Orem High School. Dave loves that. Transferred after two years at Washington with his brother Samson, who came in to the program from Utah. He had 91 receptions, 1,400-plus receiving yards, 11 receiving touchdowns, and five rushing touchdowns as well. Had the unbelievable tiptoe catch in the corner of the end zone versus Boise State to beat the Broncos so in Boise. So Unbelievable. This one here was spectacular. This, this is uh, one of the couple he got against Arkansas. How about this one? It's not bad. A little back shoulder. Drafted by the Rams, the last pick in the fifth round down in L.A. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.